Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Friday, May 28th edition of the Basement Academy as we wrap up this week and head into the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, just uh, another administrative announcement, just a reminder about uh, the service uh, tomorrow morning uh, for Marianne Cockrell. 11 a.m. family will be receiving uh, guests and visitors uh, at 9.30 in the morning, between 9.30 and 11. Um, you can visit uh, with the family in the Old Historic Chapel, uh, and then the service will be conducted at 11. And then just a reminder, I don't think I mentioned this yesterday, for our Sunday worship, we brought back the pews. We also have some seating pods, so there's places for folks to be distanced. No registration. We're dropping the registration requirement. So just come on in. <laughs> um, we will have a check-in. We do want to still take attendance, and we won't be handing um, uh, registration, I mean, the uh, friendship registers. So there'll be a little place where we're going to ask you to just fill out uh, just a simple little slip of paper that you attended. And for starters, we're going to ask folks to make a name tag because with our masks off and we've got some newer folks coming, we're realizing the elders and deacons talked last week about to get to know each other and get reacquainted. And so uh, we'll ask you to do that if, if you're willing. And if you've been vaccinated, no need to wear a mask, okay? So just a couple uh, administrative notes about Sunday worship for this coming Sunday and, and, and beyond uh, is, the, is the plan. Okay, our morning psalm, Psalm 118. I've always loved this one. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good as love endures forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his love endures forever. In my anguish I cried to the Lord and he answered me by setting me free. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord I cut them off. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord I cut them off. They swarmed around me like bees, but they died out as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live, and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, 
and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, save us. O Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine upon us. With bows in hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give you thanks. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Mm, Psalm 118, bookended by perhaps my favorite little line in the Psalms, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Um, it's a great psalm. It's a, it's a victory psalm, celebrating. <clears throat> and of course, we hear familiar verses. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so it's celebrating the victory of the king. Um, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We know that. Um, the Lord, uh, the, the, the stumbling, uh, uh, let me get it. I'm going to get it right. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. And so Jesus picks up on this. So this, this psalm um, has a lot of different um, touchstones with it, I guess I would say. Yeah, this, and there's, there's some repetition within it. You probably heard some of that. And so it's a great psalm. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it came to be associated as a messianic psalm, uh, that the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And so we... Uh, we use this in worship. <clears throat> it's it's great to uh, pray uh, each month and to remember, as we were talking yesterday, about the dailiness of life. This is the day the Lord has made, and so this is the moment the Lord has made. Uh, let's let's give ourselves. So, whatever time you're listening to this or or watching this, whatever moment uh, that you're experiencing, uh, hearing these words. And, and living this moment of your life, um, rejoice. You're alive. God is good. God is present. God is merciful. There, there's chaos and all the crazy Ecclesiastes kind of stuff going on all around us. But where we live in our lives, we, uh, we're attentive uh, to the presence of God. Okay, let's wrap up uh, our Basement Academy study of Ecclesiastes will begin this coming Sunday, a Sunday morning uh, study uh, through the Sunday sermons. Uh, a third theme that runs throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, having looked at this theme of the meaninglessness, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless, that, that phrase runs throughout there's nothing better than a person should eat and drink and enjoy their toil, etc. That theme runs throughout. And then this other theme about death. In uh, chapter 3, verse 2, there's a time to be born and a time to die. And this theme that runs throughout the book, uh, I've got listed here probably, four, probably nine different places where death is contemplated in some fashion. Uh, chapter 2, like the fool, the wise man too must die. Uh, in chapter 3, all come from the dust and to dust all return. 
So when you start hearing from dust to dust, we should be hearing Genesis chapters two and three. Adam, if you eat of that fruit that I command you not to, surely you will die. And then in chapter three, he does eat. Now, Adam and Eve don't immediately suffer physical death, but it begins with a spiritual death. The, the death of their, their, their intimacy and relationship. Uh, and so there's shame and there's blame and there's finger pointing. They're hiding uh, from God and presumably from one another in some ways. They cover up their nakedness. And so the spiritual death precedes what uh, eventually becomes a physical death as they literally return uh, to uh, the dust. And so uh, naked we come from our mother's womb. Uh, as we come, so we depart. Okay, and that's chapter 5. Chapter 6, a person may live a hundred years, but if he does not have a proper burial, um, and so this language of, of the burial. Chapter 7, the whole uh, extended reflection on being in the house of mourning, the day of death is better than the day of birth. Uh, to dwell in the house of mourning rather than the house of feasting and fools. Um, the same destiny overcomes all. Uh, uh, this, we, we, we all uh, join uh, in the grave. Uh, and then this um, arc of old age that we read earlier in the week, chapter 12. Um, and then the dust returns to the ground from which it came, and the Spirit returns to God. And so this arc of old age uh, that, that is given us in such a poetic and poignant way in chapter 12. So this, this theme runs throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, which is why some people really don't like it. Again, they keep it at arm's length because a lot of folks don't like to be reminded uh, about uh, death. Uh, one of our elders, uh, Lee Bishop, sent me uh, an article earlier um, in the week, and it, it talks about a nun <clears throat> in a Catholic order, the Daughters of St. Paul. We actually have known someone, uh, someone who sang in our, our wedding, uh, went to work. Uh, she's Roman Catholic and went to work for the Daughters of St. Paul. We've lost touch. I don't know if Debbie... Maloney, Debbie and Jim are still up in the New England, up in the Boston area. But this nun who experienced a fairly dramatic conversion has made part of her calling or understands part of her calling is to remind people of their death. And, and so part of the, the, the mission of this particular Catholic order is to use media for the purposes of uh, extending the gospel uh, and the message. And so she, in creative ways, engages in what is known in Latin as memento mori, or mori, memento mori. Remember, memento, okay? We can see our own English word, remember, that's that, that and with a Latin word, memento mori is death. Remember your death which is kind of interesting because you think of remembering as something that's happened in the past, but we're remembering something that is going to happen in the future. So it's an interesting little construction there in the language. And so she sees as her calling, part of her calling, to keep in front of people this reality 
there is a time to be born and we celebrate birth. Um, we're celebrating with Kelly and Brandon Suchman, Kelly Farrell Suchman, uh, and with Randy and, and Carol and Nancy Weida, we're celebrating the birth of Jack Kent Suchman uh, this past week. And so uh, we rejoice in the day of birth, but there is also a day of death. And so we're remembering Marianne Cockrell as we gather uh, tomorrow morning, Saturday morning. Um, and so a day of birth, a day of death. This is a given. It is a fact. Okay. And Ecclesiastes, the teacher, wisely keeps this in front of us, thankfully keeps this in front of us. Again, this may be one of the reasons people kind of stiff-arm the book of Ecclesiastes and avoid it, because they wish not to memento mori. They wish not to remember their death. They would want to just avoid that. And we live in a culture of avoidance, don't we? Um what is so interesting is people routinely act as if death is a surprise. <laughs> How did this happen? Uh, it happens to everybody, right? And so for a few moments, let me reflect on what possibly are some benefits, okay? As I have contemplated my own death and the, the, the praying of the Psalms has a way of keeping us attentive to that. Uh, there are several psalms that, 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 that work around that theme or that motif of, of death. And so some benefits, as I've contemplated, is first that when we think about death, we have to, well, as Christians, okay, and, and I think this can become a point of witness for others, but as Christians, as people of the book, death always reminds us of the backstory. Adam, if you eat this, you will die. And so Genesis chapters two and three, God created us to live and then death intervened. Death ends up becoming merciful so that God doesn't have us live forever in this, um, in this arc of old age as we decline physically. But but the brokenness, the separation, the shame, the guilt, God is merciful. But so death always, always, always um, should remind us of the backstory, the reality of the original sin, the, the reality of sin. A and then a, a kind of corollary with that is death should one of the benefits of contemplating death that keeps us attentive to our need for God, the God of life, the God who restores, the God who redeems, the God who is merciful and forgives. And so the, the reason death is, the wages of sin is death. That's the way Paul puts it in uh, his letter to the Roman church. And so death keeps us attentive to our need for God and especially of God's mercy, right? And so this is a benefit. Okay, so we keep truth and we're grounded in the story, the biblical story, and then this need for God that, that death reminds us of. And then we live each day as, as a gift. We receive each day as a gift. Teach us to number our days aright, 
that we may gain a heart of wisdom. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, these, these psalms. And so each day becomes a gift from God. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be, Psalm 139. <clears throat> and so we all have a finite fixed number of days that we will live. We don't know that the number, the actual number of our days, but we know that they are numbered. And so what we do is we live this present moment um, as a gift. We receive this day. There's an opportunity to live and to serve and to love and to enjoy our meal and enjoy our, our work. Um, I don't have this listed on the board, but I was thinking about, kind of ran out of space, but um, as I shared a couple weeks ago in the house of mourning, that death has a way of relativizing things. It, it helps to reframe what matters most, put in a more um, idiomatic way, don't sweat the small stuff. Death, understanding that death will come to each of us, can help us not sweat the small stuff. So as death has come into our family through my mother's death recently, all the things that I was engaged in that were important in their own way, they became relatively less important. Others, the community stepped up and helped and assisted and took on some of my responsibilities for a, a short season. And I thank those who have done that. But death has a way of reframing what matters most. And, and sadly, when we forget that, you know, we forget death and we forget that each day is a gift. We get anxious and we scurry about and we're worrying and fretful about many things. And death just kind of sets that aside. So by contemplating one's death, memento mori, there is this, you know, someday this isn't going to matter at all. How can I care a little bit less about this? Not be careless, right, and, and thoughtless about it. But how can I care less about it? How can I set it in its proper place on a priority, a prior set of priorities is this is of greater importance. It is prior. It ought to come prior or before this thing. And so our priorities ought to be our relationship with God, our relationship with our closest neighbors, our relationship with our extended neighbors, and then within that, various tasks, okay? But somewhere down the priority list come how my team is doing or, you know, what the newscasters told me last night. Those are important, but relatively less important, okay? And uh, the old adage, uh, nobody on their deathbed ever wished they spent more time at the office. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but nobody on their deathbed ever wished for more time in the office. Um, and so uh, I can remember years ago, the first church I served as a pastor, Halstead, Kansas, there was a little hospital uh, in, in the town. It was just a town of 2000, so unusual to have a hospital 
in such a small town. And it had, I don't know, you know, 20 or 30 beds only. <clears throat> and I was the Presbyterian minister who would, back in the day, I'd get a call, a Presbyterian is in our hospital, will you come visit? Um, and I would just trundle on over. I'd walk over to the hospital and uh, began to visit with a man named Ivan Opperman. And uh, Ivan uh, had cancer, was dying, subsequently did die. I did end up doing his funeral service and stayed in touch with his wife, Ida, for years. Uh, it was a real sweet thing that happened. But Ivan, uh, there was estrangement in his family uh, with one of his children. And he said something that has stuck with me for all these years. As we were talking one day, he says, you know, Don, all those things that mattered so much to me before, money, 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 work, 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 those things don't matter now. All I want is for my daughter to come visit me. Oh, oh. But what a gift in, so that deathbed expression <laughs> that is, was so real. So, so one of the benefits of contemplating death is, and, and why I think the writer of Ecclesiastes keeps us in front of us is, the wise person will lay it to heart. Now, not everybody is wise, right? There, there are the wise and there are fools. But the wise will lay it to heart. And so they will live with a, a greater sense of priority on the things that, that God values most and that we, in our better minds and moments, matter, know that matter most. And so we don't sweat the small stuff. <clears throat> uh, and as part of this, then, we keep short accounts. That is, don't let grudges build up. Don't let things, um, don't let the splinter uh, get infected and fester and turn into something else. So the, the, the keeping short accounts, that language is, you know, don't let the sun go down on your anger, as Scripture says. Extend forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Words may have been exchanged in a clumsy way or in a poor way, intentionally or unintentionally. Actions may have engaged in or somebody forgot to remember you in some way. There may have been things that, that have been said or done that have hurt you over time by a family member or others. Get over it. <laughs> because the time will come when they die or you die and then that unresolved thing leave such regret. And, I, and I've observed this with, with families and I try to encourage families. Are there any conversations you need to be having uh, before uh, it's too late, before it's, it's too hard to have that conversation? So one side of the coin is to keep short accounts, forgive or seek forgiveness. If you've wounded someone and you think that is still part of a, a, a breach in a relationship, then extend Go, go and say, I am so sorry. I, I, I know I said these words. I, I did this thing. I, I've been too proud to come and apologize before. Whatever. Keep the short account. The flip side of that then is to bless. You never know if this will be the last time you're going to have an opportunity to say something. I have a little bit of regret. After mom died, um, she was good friends with Marianne Cockrell. And I'd set a couple of pictures aside that sat on mom's shelf and I was going to go visit Mary Ann and, and just talk about my mom. Well, but in the, in the weeks leading up to mom's service and the, the following week, last week, 
lo and behold, Marianne died. Oh my goodness. And so I have some, you know, twinge of regret there, but I, I, I know the love between them was strong. The love between us was strong. And so there's a, just a reality that I'm holding before God. But, but that, but that has kept me attentive. And I think that's why I've put that on here. Just fill the days with, with, um, opportunities to, uh, to bless and to encourage and to strengthen and for children, grandchildren, drop the note, make the phone call, send the text. Hey, thinking of you, lifting you in prayer today, just those, those short little blessings so that the last thing that encounters or the last uh, engagement we may have with someone is a blessed encounter. And so, so that becomes another, opt- and I guess I put that up here, receive each day as a gift. Uh, it becomes an opportunity an opportunity each day for us to keep the short account, to shorten that account, to, to extend the blessing. Um, yeah. And, and then I guess the last piece to reflect on, and, and the writer of Ecclesiastes couldn't have known this, though the Holy Spirit who inspired the teacher who wrote certainly knew this, <clears throat> But the writer of Ecclesiastes couldn't know the means by which God was going to redeem the world, okay? So the means of salvation are the death of Jesus Christ. God sent his own son, born in human flesh, perfect sinless son of God to become the Passover lamb, to be that substitute sacrifice. We've studied that before in our theology series last year. And so God's the, the, the genius, the wonder, the mystery of the gospel, he chooses. So salvation is necessary because of this stolen fruit at a tree, right? There was a tree that it was at the heart of the thing. Do not take this fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so the tree became the place of death, uh, the, the place of rebellion. And so God uses a tree and death... <laughs> as the means of redeeming the world. That atoning sacrifice, Jesus who had no sin became sin on our behalf so that in him, that in, in, through our faith relationship with him and being joined to Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. We receive his righteousness. So that death and the contemplation of our own death we have to go through the grave. And so the, the portal, the pathway, as it were, uh, to our eternal home is through the grave. And so on the eve of his own death, Jesus said, do not be afraid. Do not be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in me. I'm going to prepare a place for you. So he's going through the grave to prepare the place. So, so through death, he tramples down death. And through the grave, he he opens the path to eternal life. And so as we contemplate death, and, and many people are afraid of death, it's probably the, the greatest human fear. I think it is the greatest human fear. Jesus dies to free us from that, and I'm not making that up. That's in Scripture. <clears throat> in Hebrews chapter 2, since the children have flesh and blood, that's us, 
Since the children have flesh and blood, he too, that's Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Because we share flesh and blood, he shares flesh and blood. Because we died, he died. So that he could trample down death and he could break the power of death. He could, break, he could crush the serpent's head. That's the Genesis 3 uh, story that is, that is spoken of. And so death becomes the place of deepest encounter with Jesus Christ as we contemplate death, we contemplate his death on our behalf. We, we join Jesus, thank you for your death on my behalf. Meet me in my death. Swing low, sweet chariot, and come carry me home. So that at the moment of our death, we have this true, genuine encounter that we have yearned for so that Paul can say to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's what Paul says in the New Testament. And so Jesus dies to free us from our fear of death. And the more we contemplate it, memento mori, the more we read Ecclesiastes and, and just become, okay, this isn't a surprising thing. This is part of life. There's a time to be born and a time to die. There is a time to mourn, to weep, but there's a time to laugh and dance. And so we, we become more familiar with it, we become more comfortable with the contemplation of death so that when it comes to loved ones or ultimately eventually to ourselves, we're ready. We're ready. <laughs> and, and so we thank God for this strange, wonderful, mysterious, challenging, blessed little book of Ecclesiastes for all that it offers us. So well, it's been a good couple uh, weeks of reflection and as ends up being good preparation for what will be uh, uh, a few months of studies uh, this summer. So let's take a moment to pray uh, for God's grace as we go forward into this Memorial Day weekend. Father, hear us as we pray in the name of Jesus who died to free us from our fear of death. And each of us would have to admit there's still some anxiety around it. But Lord, we trust by the power of your spirit, you can lead us to a deeper awareness of the life of Jesus that comes through resurrection, the, the death, the meaning of the death of Jesus, and to meet us in a way that comforts us, even in our loss and sorrow, even in our anxiety and fear. Lord, lead us, transform us. And so we thank you for the book of Ecclesiastes and how for these uh, last three weeks we have enjoyed uh, a study. And pray in these coming months as we study on Sunday mornings that you would deepen our understanding and our commitment to walk in the fear of God and obedience to his commands, trusting in Jesus Christ, who is the way, truth, and life, and who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now may Jesus Christ, who is the resurrection and the life, who is our life, may he cause his face to shine on you and your loved ones this day and forevermore. Amen.